This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, uh, unlike those other radio, uh, radio talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. We do it for free. At freetalklive.com. Oh, yeah, and there's actually stuff there you'll want to go see. There's also, there's, there seem to be two categories of radio talk show host websites outside of Free Talk Live. There are the, uh, the radio show hosts that have sites and they have content, but they lock it all up behind the little membership area. You've mm-hmm. got to shell out five, six, seven bucks a month. Then there's the sh- uh, radio show hosts that don't seem to know the internet exists or have their website stuck in, like, 1999 yeah, there's, as it, far as their design is they concerned? They fit in the bad and non-existent category. Right. Like, for instance, I love the radio host Lionel, but his website's awful. I mean, it's just it's just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's uh, then there are hosts like Don Imus, who apparently don't even realize that the Internet exists. Uh, the guy doesn't even have a website. and He doesn't have a show right now, either. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> and, and we didn't actually get a chance to touch on this last night, and I know you had a story about it. This uh, this whole Don Imus controversy, obviously, obviously we have some interest because we're radio people. Oh, it's the big talk on uh, on talk radio right now. It's making and, a lot of people upset. Mm-hmm. I mean, there must not be really anything important going on in America because uh, the Drudge Report's got this old corpse on their their front page mm-hmm. at the top of the the top of the page. Everybody's apparently talking about Don Imus. Don, Don Imus does look rough and he, old. <laughs> re- he really looks like a rotting corpse. I mean. It, <laughs> Poor guy. He kind of sounds like one. He's too. such a good guy. I mean, is he? he? I don't know. I don't. I don't know him personally. He's got his you? little Imus ranch. I do not know him personally. He's got his little Imus ranch where he, you know, all the bad kids or some some kind of kids or or something. I thought it was leukemia or something. I don't know. Like I don't know what they're what kind of kids. They're kids for God's sake. That's a good Sick thing. Kids, I think. Yeah. Fine, fine. But you know, he's taking. He's out there using his profits to take care of kids, and that seems to be what he likes to do in his spare time. Good for him. Um, that's a good thing, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it, it shows a, a guy who's trying to do the right thing. I agree, but uh, I guess he hit a little bit of a bumpy road earlier. I think it was what was it Friday or something on his Friday show. I couldn't tell you which show. Sometime it Sometime last but... week, because everything blew up this week. And it, it was hitting the news yesterday pretty hard, so I think it probably happened late last week. I think it was Friday. Um, it's it says Wednesday broadcast. So, so what's uh, the story, Mark? Well, it says Rutgers uh, University president. This is from uh, the AP. Rutgers University president Richard L. McCormick stood outside the Lewis Brown Athletic Center in Piscataway on uh, Monday and unleashed a torrent of invectives against radio shock jock Don Imus, who referred to his school's women's basketball players as nappy-headed hoes. You know, you got to give him credit. I mean, yes, he's about to keel over. Yes, he's really old, and you know it's fine. Everybody gets old. It's just that at some point you'd think he'd throw in the towel. But you got to give the guy credit for still being labeled a shock jock after <laughs> all of these years. Well, is I, he really that shocking these days? Really? Apparently, he is. He's gotten headlines, national it's headlines, amazing. for calling the uh, the the Rutgers Uni- University women basketball players nappy-headed hoes. Right. Um, standing before several ca- camera crews, including ABC and CBS, McCormick called Imus' rem- remarks despicable, uncalled for, racist, demeaning to our women's basketball team members in particular, and to African-American women more generally. What, McCorm- M- what McCormick didn't call for was Imus' job. Meanwhile, CBS... There rate- are a lot of people who are calling for that, though. Yes, And I, th- I feel like... I don't most know if your them, article goes Most over- of them seem to be of the uh, you know, African-American activist persu- persuasion. Yeah. 
Um, yes, they are, and I don't know if it's the appropriate response to this. I've got the actual uh, dialogue from his show here. I don't mm-hmm. know if yours, I your article that has that. Uh, apparently, Imus started the firestorm after the Rutgers team, which includes eight black women, lost the NCAA Women's Championship game to Tennessee. He was speaking to producer Bernard McGurick on the air when he said, That's some rough girls from Rutgers. Man, they got tattoos. McGurick then said, Some hardcore hoes. And then Imus followed up with, That's some nappy-headed hoes there. I'm going to tell you that. Hmm. So it's so, not the hoes that they're upset about. It's the, what I heard on the radio a lot today and from listening to people that it's, it's the nappy-headed that's getting people up in arms. Well, what does nappy-headed mean? Does it mean you don't wash your hair? Um, it, it, it basically, it's like uncombed black hair, I think, is uh, probably okay. the best way to describe it. But um, it's... I don't know about that. To See, some extent, um, but that's how I've heard it used. You know, I've, I, recently, I guess it does refer to black person hair, but I've always used it as any hair that's unkept. I, I have a friend with dreadlocks, and I've always said he had his nappy hair. So right. that's I, how it, I've always thought it was used. Pretty, um, and it's Kinky pretty and frizzy is the definition. Right. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, like, that nappy doesn't have to be black people, whereas if you called somebody uh, slanty-eyed fish eaters, you're probably talking about <laughs> Japanese people, right? Right. Um, so it's not quite as... Uh, uh, not quite as uh, targeted as um, you know, saying slimy eyed or something like that. But um, you know, it. I would say that the uh, the, the comments were uncalled for. I mean, it, sure it they probably, were. It's probably a bad idea. Um, I don't think that I don't think that if if he would have used the N word, that it, that makes him a racist. Though the statement may be. You know, uncalled for, it may be out of line, but I don't think that somebody's a racist necessarily because they use that terminology. He's an old dude with, who doesn't know about the internet yet. There's a good chance that he had no idea what it means, even. I mean, eh, I, I don't. I, I guess I just kind of want to defend him a little because I've heard other people just dragging him through the coals on this one. Well, so, for one thing, um, they they made it clear he's a shock jock, so he did his job. Um, he. Shocked true. people. He got. He When's got a the last of, time Imus made headlines? <laughs> hasn't That's been true. recently. Uh, um, a lot of people are hearing about this that probably didn't even know who Imus was. And it, more importantly, and here's what I think everybody's missing: didn't know who the um, didn't know that the Rutgers University girls basketball team had lost. Um, you know, in the Final Four to uh, Tennessee. I didn't know that before this. Don Imus's statement um, allowed me to find out that information. As a matter of fact. I didn't know Rutgers University had a women's basketball team, and I didn't certainly didn't know that eight out of the ten of them were black. I didn't know any of this information, and you know he gave them free publicity. Yeah, I, what I'd like to know is, were they angry about the hose comment or the nappy-headed comment? I think that they they seem to compile. Um, you know, I mean, because the producer, and I don't know what is, you know, I don't really know who Bernard McGurick is, but. I mean, the producer was the one that originally labeled them as hardcore hoes. Well, now, but is that agree. a compliment? Uh, I don't think that's a compliment. That doesn't sound very positive to me. I mean, I guess calling someone hardcore would be sort of complimentary in today's world, but but being a hardcore hoe, on the other hand, <laughs> I don't know if that's very complimentary. Well, so he I, just added nappy-headed to. I the, think that uh, there's. I think that there's. Um, there's a way to look at this, right? Like they could be trying to get some kind of fidelity with the uh, black race in general. Like they could. I've used the N-word in conversation with my uh, black friends before. And believe me, I wasn't saying anything disparaging to them. I was just speaking the way they spoke. Okay. Um, and so in the that process... That sure would have been amusing to hear you do. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> um, I, I'm the whitest guy around. But you know, in the process, 
I'm showing certain fidelity towards those people, um, you know, my friends. And, it, you know, there no, no one took offense or, you know, certainly didn't state any. And I don't think that it necessarily that I just don't think that they were trying to be mean. Yeah, uh, I think, I think uh, they were trying to say that these are some t- rough and tumble looking gals. I think some people in the uh, in the business have have pretty much come to his defense in that when you're on the air and you're doing a three hour. I don't know how many hours he does. I presume four. It's a morning show. You're doing three, four hours of talk radio. And I know he's got an entourage there, so it's not just him alone. But nonetheless, you're still he's still speaking, it's, I, it's called the IMA show. You're still speaking extemporaneously. You're still you don't have head. a script. Uh, you haven't had a chance to plan everything you're going to say. In fact, in our case, we don't plan anything. Uh, we just sort of roll in here, grab some stuff to talk about, and go on the That's air. That's what you do. I do show prep all day long. Buddy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and you know, you never know what you're going to accidentally say. I've said some things after the show, and I said, you know, said to myself, man, wish I hadn't said that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't anything career destroying or anything, but it was certainly a, a <laughs> slip of the tongue. It was maybe um, just messing up my verbiage, um, just not not constructing my sentences correctly, and just overall sounding like just flubbing things up and mm-hmm. it makes me feel inadequate but i know that you know it happens from time to time and you just move on and you try your best to correct it in the future you you can never really say for sure what's going to come out of your mouth in that next minute of talk if right. you're on the radio as long as this guy is you're bound to say something that's going to annoy someone yeah right. i just don't think i don't think firing's the right thing uh, for this and, and i think that even the uh two month uh, two week hiatus that they put him on might be too much I might agree with you on that. I think that he's apologized, and what else can you ask for? I mean, you're just going to fire him and replace him with somebody else outrageous, right? More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. What do you think about the Don Imus thing? This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net or free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system there. Over 200,000 posts, over 1,300 people interacting. It's a lot of fun, and it is totally free. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com will get you to it. In fact, bbs.freetalklive.com will get you straight to the bulletin board system. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, and attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We're talking about the Don Imus controversy, because apparently uh, there's just some stories you can't avoid. Doing this radio show. A lot of times on Free Talk Live, we, we just sort of avoid and ignore the big stories. Like, you know, Anna Nicole Smith. Not a big story. The news made it into a big story. It's just a dead bimbo. Oh, wait, did I offend somebody by saying that? Well, who cares? You know, I like what Howard Stern had to say about uh, Don Imus and, and how he was reacting to all this. And uh, Stern said that he is, a, a quote, he's apologizing like a guy who got his first broadcasting job. He should have said, F you, it's a joke. And, uh, in fact, Talkers Magazine publisher Michael Harrison, who uh, happens to be a, someone who I, I, I like very much, uh, he says he'll survive it if he stops apologizing so much. Yeah, it's the apo- I, I think that he is apologizing too much, quite honestly. I mean, I, you know, it was... T- 
I don't. Th- I think it was an offhand comment. I don't think it was intended to be racist or show his true feelings about black people or anything like that. Imus clearly seems under corporate pressure to make amends, but he's nearly reached the point where he's alienating the fans that appreciate his grumpy outrageousness. So, uh, so again, the controversy all over just one three-word line in his three-hour, four-hour-long show last week. This it's all up or just erupted since then, and it you know what it all goes back to is this sort of attitude that some Americans have, and it's not black Americans, it's not white Americans, it's just some Americans that have the attitude of well I'm an American and I have a right not to be offended. I don't well, understand sorry. people getting offended. It's a waste of time. It's just gonna make you in a bad mood. Yeah, I mean. You're hurting yourself if you get offended by something. Why can't you just say, oh, what a jerk, switch the channel? Oh, this guy's a jerk. We just figured I'd let you know. You know, maybe go, go post a blog about it. You certainly are welcome to, to complain. Call his sponsors. Tell them that you don't want to shop with right. them if they're going to sponsor him. I don't know. But to act like you've been personally harmed by this and that it's, it's done some sort of damage to society, as Jesse Jackson here is going to, to quote here in a few moments, is, is pretty absurd. To me. Well, the calling the sponsors is about the same thing as uh, calling the broadcast, you know, uh, MSNBC and saying I'm outraged. Uh, it's it's similar. I just I don't know. I think people should. Uh, it's because people that are complaining about it are getting mileage out of it. Really, um, this yeah. is between Rutgers University and uh, Don Imus. It's not, and, and the Rutgers University president is not calling for Imus's ouster. He is saying he didn't like it; it was uncalled for, blah blah blah. Um, he, but it's you know it's Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and and the like um, that are getting the mileage out of it. If it wasn't for, well, I mean, everything every time something vaguely racist happens, these guys jump on the bandwagon. He, the coach probably likes the publicity he's gotten out of it as well, a little it, bit. It, as he should. I didn't know that even the the women's basketball team existed. What I did was make a stupid, idiotic mistake in a comedy context. I missed set on his show Tuesday morning, the final week before his suspension starts. Oh, so he's got the entire week to continue doing shows. <laughs> Asked by NBC Today host Matt Lauer on the air if he could clean up his act, he, as he promised on Monday, I must said, well, perhaps I can't. But he added, I have a history of keeping my word. Imus said he didn't expect forgiveness from the Rutgers team, but wanted to apologize to them. Rutgers basketball player Mati Ajavon said Tuesday, quote, Right now, I can't really say if we've come to a conclusion of whether we will accept the apology. What kind of an attitude is that? Like where, forgive and forget, right? You forgive and you forget and you move on in life. Then this old, you know, corpse is trying (laughs) his best to apologize for a mistake, what seemed to be an honest mistake, but nonetheless a mistake that he made on the air, a slip of the tongue, and uh, you, you don't think he's being honest about it? Is that why you're not going to accept the apology? What? I mean, it's the really? Im- it's the impersonal nature of it all that allows them to even come um, come to something like that. If it was a person-to-person situation, um, it wouldn't be of issue. But you mean since, if, it wa- if it wasn't getting all of this attention? If it wasn't done on the air kind of thing um, and, you know, so far away from them. They've never met Don Imus, so they can, they can you know, wh- whomever this is that's saying that they don't know if they'll apo- accept the apology can grumble about um, what a bad guy he is without having uh, any repercussions on them personally. They just don't have any, you know, they, they don't have to feel bad for not accepting somebody's apology because they've never met the guy. Several people have said the suspension isn't enough. The Reverend Al Sharpton called it too little too late. 
and said presidential candidates and other politicians should refrain on going on Imus's show in the future. Well, now, hold on. That, that would be silly. Um, and uh, Al Sharpton's no angel when it comes to racist remarks. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's had his fair share. Now, why the hell does he have a radio show then? He's, you know, if, if listenership is an indication of talent, Don Imus is more talented than Al Sharpton. Well, Don's been at it a little bit longer. I'm just saying. The Reverend Jesse Jackson, who marched with about 50 protesters outside NBC's offices in Chicago, said Imus's suspension will not halt the protests. He says, this is a two-week cooling-off period. It does not challenge the character of the show, its political impact, or the impact that these comments have had on our society. The only reason these comments are having an impact on society is because he's making a big deal about this. Uh, yes. If it wasn't for people like him getting out there on the pulpit and protesting this, no one would know about it except the, his listeners. Um, now it's hitting pretty much everyone who lives in America. Uh, in fact, they point out here that they've uh, they have said some pretty outrageous things in the past. For instance, calling the New York Knicks another basketball team, except males, a group of, quote, chest-thumping pimps, unquote. Where was the controversy over that one? I don't know. Did somebody just not email Al Sharpton on that, or is it just is it okay to insult a, a male basketball team, it's, but not okay to insult a female basketball it's, team? It's the racial landmine um, aspect of, of this particular insult that, uh, that, that draws it into the limelight. Essentially... Nappy-headed hoes is worse than chest-thumping pimps? Why is a pimp black? Well, I don't know. Why is a hoe black? It's not necessarily, and neither is someone with nappy hair. Uh, Not necessarily, but it it just gets closer. Chest-thumping is supposed to be... uh Demonstrate oh, a monkey, so uh, yeah. Well, that's pushing it as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that seems to be as outrageous. To me, could be just somebody who's being noisy and um, yeah. you know, boisterous. Nappy-headed ha- hose could be a white person with bad hair. It, it could, could be, be someone that. who woke up on the wrong side of the bed, or someone who hasn't washed their hair in a while. Uh, you know, it's that chest-thumping pimps seems as offensive to me, at least. As nappy-headed hoes. It doesn't to me. Either way, they're both they're both two lines that were spouted off on a radio show. Right. Moments in um, a four-hour broadcast that go, you know, and it's not like he's gets national uh, headlines every week or anything. He doesn't. It's a lot like uh, Janet Jackson's boob. No one would have really known about it if it wasn't a big deal. Wasn't made about it. I don't know. Is this going to be the end of Don Imus? I think he should have thrown in the towel a few years ago. He looks so bad. Uh, not that you have to look good to be on radio. But he it'd just be terrible. To looks see, like he's going to croak. It'd be terrible to see his career go out like this. It's true. That's why you got to go out when you're when you're ahead. 800-259-9231. Though somebody will probably hire him, even if uh, NBC cans yep. him. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photos to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Tax season is upon us. And don't you wish you'd known more about finances growing up? A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often 
early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them a kid's journey to getting rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066. We go to the phones and to the fun. It's Daniel in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live with the Intobian Mark. Hey, Daniel. Hi, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your I've mind? Been I've been listening to some of the podcasts recently, and I'd like to rep- respond to a couple of things involving supply and demand. Okay, uh, sure. For example, um, the most recent one I've been listening to, there was a discussion about what would happen if New Hampshire seceded and um, there was a flood of um, illegal, or sorry, of regular immigrants because there wouldn't be no illegal immigrants right. in a free state. Uh, the uh, the uh, one thing that hadn't been considered was that property values would increase uh, in a situation like that because naturally a free state somewhere. is a lot more appealing. Yeah, it's a lot more appealing than any other place. Uh, so people are going to want to move there, so people are going to increase the property values. Uh, the uh, the free market will figure something out. They'll, you know, the, there'll be a housing boom or something. But uh, chances are the people coming here looking to influence politics and get a free ride just aren't going to do that. The property values will be high, and it's just going to be very difficult to influence the government. It'll take more than a lifetime. So it just seems kind of weird to imagine that um, yeah, yeah, why would there be? Why would somebody form a socialist state project when they have their choice of over 130 existing socialist countries and try to well, actually suppose, go up the most, uh, go up against the most effective group of free marketeer, liberty-minded people that has ever existed on the face of uh, of the planet? Which is essentially what they'll be doing at that point. Because if we get to the point where we can actually secede and have that sort of level of freedom to where anyone can come and go as they please, that would be such. I mean, to the the uh, the paradigm shift that would be required to get to that point is such. It's so just mind-boggling to even imagine. I, I don't even know if it's possible. And if it is possible, somebody to come up and fight against that, that sort of a mindset, those kinds of people, I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, not to mention the fact that if it was a free New Hampshire, there would be no public property. So the people coming in would have to be coming onto private people's property. There would be no um, park that they could just sleep in unless they had Good the park point. owner's permission. You know, and yeah. in that particular case, uh, you know, he was trying. To, he, he was just trying to come up with uh, ex- example after example of why things wouldn't work, and they all seemed kind of silly. He tried to paint us as racists because we moved to New Hampshire. It was very, very odd conversation. No, you're confusing. He's talking about the difference between the email we got about the 10 million uh, I thought Chinese that's what Lou men. said. I'm no, sorry. Lou wasn't talking about 10 million people moving. He didn't even understand what the free okay. state project. Okay, my was. mistake. All right, so Daniel, any other thoughts? Well, uh, another uh, supply and demand issue that I've been thinking about was uh, a caller called in recently saying that um, in a situation where you're having currency deflation, that no one would want to give out loans because all they would have to do is put uh, money into a vault and it would increase in value. But it's kind of backwards. Uh, You'd want to give out loans even more in a situation like that because not only will you collect interest on that ounce of gold, but you'll also get back an ounce of gold when the term of the loan is done that's worth more than the one you put in. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. The question is, in, in, the question is, why would debtors want to to take out loans? <laughs> you know, I mean, well, whatever, investing. whatever the case would um, would be um, in that circumstance, the loan rate would adjust, and that way, people that needed exactly. loans could get the interest them. rate in a deflationary system would go really, really low because everyone would be really interested in loaning out money. And when you have a whole bunch of people that are just dying to loan out money to you. That's what's going to burn the economy up. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to uh, 
uh, stop the economy. It's not going to come to crashing down like the Great Depression. It's going to it's going to go. Absolutely. Great points. And Daniel, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Sounds like he gets it. Yeah, Daniel's smarter than us. 1-800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line. Ben, we've got some of the smartest callers in, in uh, <laughs> really all of radio, do. I think. All right, uh, Ron Paul, since we're talking fiscal policy, Ron Paul writes for uh, LouRockwell.com today, the Federal Reserve monopoly over money. It really sounds like uh, Ron Paul is going to be making the Federal Reserve one of his key campaign issues uh, so far from what I can see. He says, recently I had the opportunity to question Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke when he appeared before the Congressional Joint Economic Committee. The topic that morning was the state of the American economy, and many of my colleagues raised questions about how the Fed might better regulate things to ease fears of an economic downturn. The tenor of my colleagues' questions suggested that Mr. Bernanke's job is nothing less than to run the U.S. economy, like some kind of Soviet central planner. Hmm. Certainly it's true that Mr. Bernanke can drastically affect the economy at the drop of a hat simply by making decisions about the money supply and interest rates. But why do members of Congress assume this is good? Why do we accept without objection that a small group of people on the Federal Reserve Board wields so much power over our economic well-being? And that they'll do a good job and that they won't be somehow um, uh, affected Self-interested? by yeah, you know, bribes or that sort of thing. Is centralized monopoly control over our money even compatible with the supposedly free market economy? The answer to that is no, by the way. Few Americans give much thought to the Federal Reserve System or monetary policy in general, but even as they strive to earn a living and hopefully save or invest for the future, Congress and the Federal Reserve Bank are working insidiously against them. Day by day, every dollar you have is being devalued. Mm -hmm. In case you don't know why, it's because of inflation. It's because of printing money, which is what inflation is, inflating the money supply. They've, they've got that printer turned on, and they're funding the wars, and they're funding big government, and they, you know, if they can't collect enough tax money, they just turn on the printer, and they print out whatever else they need. And that makes it so your savings account, even though the, the dollar value may not change, the, the, the actual amount of dollars in the account may not change, the value of each dollar in the account is dropping as Ron Paul points out, every single day. Now, for people like me, this is actually beneficial. I have $20,000 in student loans right now. That um, that price is just dropping. Um, yeah, but you've still got to pay off the... I mean, you're still paying interest. No, I, mean, I calculated the interest with inflation, and I'm actually making small, small payments because uh, uh, my interest rate is a little bit lower than the inflation rate. And the inflation rate is a lie. I mean, it's it's higher than what they say. Yeah, it's about ten, eight or eight to ten percent instead of two to three percent. Yeah, that's what they called the farmers back when they created the Federal Reserve, and all these farmers took out loans for land. They called them greenback farmers because they only had to pay back a percentage of what they actually um, borrowed. Hmm. I see where you're coming from on that, but I don't think you're going to come out ahead, uh, I, especially with a ten percent inflation. I'm not counting on it, but I mean. And remember, I, the money that you have to pay off the loan is also devaluing as well. It's true, but hopefully I'll get a I'll get a raise. The greatest threat to facing America today is not terrorism or foreign economic competition or illegal immigration. The greatest threat facing America today is the disastrous fiscal policies of our own government. I would agree. Marked by shameless deficit spending and Federal Reserve currency devaluation. It's this one-two punch, Congress spending more than it can tax or borrow, and the Fed printing the money to make up the difference that threatens to impoverish us by further destroying the value of our dollars. The Fed's infl- inflationary policies hurt older people more than most. Uh, 
Older people generally rely on fixed incomes from pensions and Social Security, along with their savings. Inflation destroys the buying power of their fixed incomes, while low interest rates reduce any income from savings. So, while Fed policies encourage younger people to overborrow because interest rates are so low, they also punish thrifty older people who saved for retirement. Right. The financial press sometimes criticizes Federal Reserve policy, but the validity of the fiat system itself is never challenged. Both, so they're just arguing over whether or not they should raise or lower the interest rates. Right. Both political parties want the Fed to print more money, either to support social spending or military adventurism. Politicians want the printing presses to run faster, to create more credit, so that the economy will be healed like magic, or so they believe. Fiat dollars allow us to live beyond our means, but only for so long. History shows that when the destruction of monetary value becomes rampant, nearly everyone suffers, and the economic and political structure becomes unstable. Spendthrift politicians may love a system that generates more and more money for their special interest projects, but the rest of us have good reason to be concerned about our monetary system and the future value of our dollars. 800-259-9231. You can take control on the way. The police state. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are for free. And uh, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff over at the Free Talk Live store. We have got some very cool new items. And uh, they are available to you for a pre-order right now. If you go to store.freetalklive.com, we do the pre-order thing because, honestly, we don't have a multi-million dollar budget, and we uh, we need the pre-orders to gauge some level of understanding for what the demand for these items is going to be, and, you know, what sizes are going to be in demand, and that sort of thing. So we've got the brand new Free Marketeer t-shirt, we've got the new Free Talk Live logo ladies shirt, uh, available in two colors. We've got two different types of Free Talk Live hoodies, those have been in very high demand, one of them uh, available in two colors. The other one is a black-only zippered hoodie. So there's like the pullover style, which is a little heavier. And then there's the zippered hoodie as well for maybe fall or sort of spring kind of wear. Uh, we well, also I have... wear one in the house, kind of like a cardigan, you know, as opposed to wearing a sweater at home. I generally wear that. Well, you don't wear one of these yet. You mean just no. a hoodie in general. A hoodie, a zip-up hoodie. Right. Because uh, we don't have these products yet. Nobody has these products yet. They've yet to even be ordered. So you got to get in on the pre-order. The other thing uh, is the lighter bottle opener combo on a retractable lanyard. If you're someone who loses your lighter a lot, that's something you want to have. Because you clip it to your belt buckle, you'll it's never lose anywhere. the lighter again. Yep. Um, also, uh, there's the new Free Talk Live beanie. And finally, probably the hottest item to ever sell in the Free Talk Live store is the Free Talk Live multi-gadget 2 gigabyte flash drive. 2 gigabyte MP3 player, also a voice recorder and an FM tuner, and it's uh, for less than 60 bucks. You can't beat that anywhere, and it's Free Talk Live branded. So uh, get on that right now at store.freetalklive.com. Also, another way to support the show is to buy everything else you need in life at amazon.freetalklive.com. 40 categories of products, virtually anything you can possibly imagine for sale there. Amazon.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage. Coming up, we'll talk the police state and uh, some very disturbing things that have been going on in New York City. But first, since we started the show with Don Imus, let's talk communications. Let's talk the FCC. In fact, from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, 
Dimitri Vasilaros reporting, the wise ones are coming to save you from yourself. Mm. Again. Good. They are not pleased with the choices that TV viewers are making. That is, adult television viewers. Congress will be the stage for an indecent bipartisan proposal to expand government's power to censor by redefining indecency to include violence. Oh, man. The Federal Communications... When When did they come up with this idea? Uh, within the last few months. The Federal Communications Commission will argue that there is no distinction between the two and that because of that, the FCC should regulate violence the same way it does indecency in broadcasting. According to TV Newsday, it will also ask for the authority to expand its domain to be the moral overlord of cable television. <sighs> so they don't have enough power, see? it's Yeah, it's been broadcast TV for several decades, but now they're salivating at the opportunity to control even more of your content, America. Isn't this what you want? Don't you want mommy government uh, deciding on what is and what is not appropriate for your cable channels that you watch at home? So it's okay for the federal government to create violence and kill thousands of people at war. Oh, yeah. Create their own violence, police raids, kill innocent people. That's perfectly okay. That's violence for freedom. This is violence for entertainment. But when someone wants to just do it for fun or make make some money or whatever it is... Fake violence. Fake violence. Oh, no, no, no. We can't allow that. And they're calling it indecent. Now, just to... uh, Before I continue with the story, just to sort of recap for you what indecency is as far as its current terminology is concerned with the FCC... They say that you can be indecent between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. on the radio and on television. Now, indecency, there's not really a very strict definition as far as what it means, but indecency is not obscenity, because they say you can't be obscene at any time on uh, television. So, obscenity, I believe, has to do with excretory functions, like things you do in the bathroom, and also sexual Behaviors, very description, uh, very explicit descriptions of Over sexual behavior. Yeah, describing sexual behavior with for the purposes of titillating, for the purposes of pandering. That's generally considered obscenity. Now, indecency is a step back from that. In that, you can talk about. Uh, you can. They still don't really want you talking about excretory excretory functions. No, they, they get don't very like that. upset about that sort of thing. Even though we're all humans and we all do, I'll these do that. And uh, why anybody would want to listen to such programming is beyond me. But And so they still don't want you pandering in that way, but they will allow you to talk more about sex after a certain point I- at night. But you still can't really pander. You still can't... Whatever uh, that means. Titillate. Right. So I'll and try to get you... They're not as clear as they... Um, as It would be really nice if they would be clear, and they're not. And it all has to do, um, as far as whether or not you are being indecent or obscene, has to do with community standards... Uh, which, of course, doesn't really mean anything either. So there's this, it's a very nebulous definition, which essentially leaves it open for anyone who's offended to complain. And if the people are offended, complain to the FCC. The FCC de- you know, looks at all the complaints and determines, by whatever criteria, as to whether or not there have been indecent or obscenities, uh, indec- indecencies or obscenities on the air, and then it levies fines against the companies. Do people not know that they can just pick up the TV remote and switch the channel? There's a V-chip on almost every TV out there. You just have to set it, and it'll censor that stuff out. Well, they certainly know that. But remember, this is the society where everyone's looking to get offended by something. 
and they want to get offended so they can get outraged and get upset and get some uh, publicity for their parents' group, like the Parents' Television Council, for instance. Let's go on. The FCC already has the legal authority to issue fines, or forfeitures, that can be well into the millions of dollars, depending on how the issue is framed. It could find a broadcast station, say, $30,000 for airing a film the FCC generally considered indecent, which, by the way, I think he's wrong about that. I believe they raised that number to $300,000. 350 yeah, I think it was somewhere in there. Anyway, or the FCC could choose to issue a fine for each indecent utterance or act of violence. That same broadcast could cost the station untold multiples of that $30,000 fine. The government might do that because it owns the airwaves on behalf of the public. It grants licenses, Yay. or so it claims. The, it grants licenses to broadcasters to use frequencies. The FCC also might punish by revoking a license, effectively terminating the business. But the FCC offers no explicit examples of what is indecent. It claims to know it when it sees it. With no real standards and the real possibility that anything could be ruled indecent, how can any broadcaster operate without fear of being fined and shut down? Morality in Media, a national nonprofit interfaith organization whose mission is to combat obscenity and uphold decency standards in the media, has been pushing for this violence as indecency standard since 2004. In an interview with this columnist, President Robert Peters was more than happy to share his vision of a broadcast and cable TV world cleansed of violence. By the way, um, you know, there are plenty of television networks that you can choose as a individual who's concerned with violence and sex. Mm-hmm. They're called uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network, the 700 Club. There are a variety of different uh, Christian broadcasters out there that I guarantee you tune in and you'll see some pretty clean content. But no, it's not good enough that they have their own channels. It's not good enough that there are people that are pan- that are creating programming specifically for people that are interested in uh, nonviolent and non-sexual content. They want everyone to have the same content. They want everyone to be uh, under these restrictions. So is this just for cable and broadcast, or does it go into satellites as well? They they don't mention satellites here at this point. Uh, so I guess some people are going to be switching over then. Probably, and of course that'll just give them an excuse to uh, to start Go after satellites. Satellite. Well, what about the simulated violence of a popular television show such as CSI, crime show? He says that'll be a good place for the FCC to take a hard look, says Mr. Peters. He also says that scenes from Hollywood, such as a slow-motion decapitation, aired especially during a TV rating sweeps period just to grab viewer attention, could fit well within the definition of indecency. He says, quote, it's to protect the public. We don't want to see a reenactment of decapitation. Well, wait, what if I do want to see it? He says, well, children might see it. What if children see a decapitation on television? What will happen? What will happen to their little minds? Well, it looks well, like they didn't have responsible parents to turn the V-chip on. Apparently not. I don't know what's going to happen to their little minds. Maybe they'll find out that violence is bad, disgusting, and, and horrifying. I mean... <sighs> I, d- I don't know. It, 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 it's difficult to say. It doesn't. I, I doubt they're going to crack. What about an actual beheading in a story about uh, a news story about Iraq, for instance? Could that be considered indecent? Oh, definitely, says Peters. Even in a newscast, a real beheading can be indecent. Is this titillation or just for the ratings? A dork thinks that just because there's a First Amendment, it's okay to do anything possible. Determining indecency in newscasts would depend on how the story was handled, he says. So what about boxing, ultimate fighting, stage professional wrestling, football? He says, I could envision it being indecent. I would not have an absolute exemption for sports programs. Let's put him in charge. 1-800-259-9231. What do you think about this guy? 
Yeah, you know what? This is the kind of guy that uh, some people would like to put in charge of the FCC. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. The police state on the way. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you. And it is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. As we launch into hour number two. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. A little bit of news uh, about some young people here in America. And that, Mark, I know you've got a story coming up here shortly about some high school arrests that went down, mm-hmm. and some sort of a shakedown. But first, to Indianapolis, where a judge violated a juvenile's free speech rights when he placed her on probation for posting an expletive-laden entry on MySpace criticizing a school principal. Hmm. The Indiana Court of Appeals ruled the three-judge panel on Monday... Now, what's happened to the judge for violating her civil rights? Oh, nothing. Nothing. The three-judge, yeah, three they just they'll just tell her, don't do it again. And if you do it again, we'll just overturn you again. And what are you going to do? The three-judge panel on Monday ordered the Putnam Circuit Court to set aside its penalty against the girl, referred to only as A.B. in court records. Quote, while we have little regard for A.B.'s use of vulgar epithets... No, I wouldn't think so. ...we conclude that her overall message constitutes political speech. Judge Patricia Riley wrote in the 10-page opinion, You know, I don't really like that they have different categories of speech. Speech, to me, is just speech. They have, like, commercial speech and political speech and, uh, you know, all these different subcategories of speech. It, it's freedom of speech. Anyway, in February 2006, by the way, it was a 10-page opinion, Greencastle Middle School Principal Sean Gob- uh, Gobert discovered a web page on MySpace purportedly created by him. A.B., who didn't create the page, did make derogatory postings on it concerning the school's policy on body piercings. The state filed a delinquency petition in March alleging that A.B.'s acts would have been harassment, identity deception, and identity theft if committed by an adult. But once again, it wasn't A.B.'s page. Right, she didn't didn't, uh, steal um, anybody's identity. The juvenile court did drop most of the charges, but in June found A.B. to be a delinquent child and placed her on nine months of probation. The judge ruled the comments were obscene, so-called. A.B. appealed, arguing that her comments were protected political speech under both the state and federal constitutions because because they dealt with school policy. I don't see any reason why. What difference does it make? It's speech. She should be able to write it or say it if she wants to. I guess the, the maybe they would have had an argument if she, for instance, had um, libeled the principal. You know, if, uh, if she threatened said violence that, against him. Or, yeah, or threat. Yeah, that's a possibility. But in the case of just trashing on him or making fun of him or critiquing the policy, I don't see what the big deal is. And so once again, it was uh, it, this is an example of the government courts just doing whatever they want completely disregarding the Constitution, freedom of speech and all that, ruling in the way that makes them feel good, and then, thankfully, the Court of Appeals overturning this. I mean, 
she got lucky in this case. It, the thing is, is there's no sanction against this judge that ruled in this um, fashion. There's, there, you know, nope. There's nothing. The the girl gets in all kinds of trouble, spends all kinds of money to uh, be able to, you know, say what it is that she said, and then the judge that makes a terrible ruling that's anti-constitutional, it's, it's unconstitutional. Nothing happens to him. That's how it, it is. You know, the First Amendment's set up to protect unpopular speech. I mean. Uh, Ob- clearly popular speech doesn't need defending because the majority agree with it. And this is just another example of not the government just blatantly disregarding the Constitution. How much do you want to bet old uh, Greencastle Middle School Principal Sean Gobert was busy surfing MySpace during school hours? <laughs> I bet he was. Now, but- I don't know. Is that really something that a school principal should be busy with uh, you know, spending their time with? Don't they have staff issues they have to deal with? Aren't don't they, they have- paying them to do that? Right. Don't no. they have real troublemakers to, also, uh, to handle? S- some of the pages that um, some of the students might set up, I, w- I wouldn't feel comfortable with the principal looking at some of those pictures, but I'm sure that there are principals across the country, dirty old principals, looking at what they find pro- provocative pictures. Yeah, that's sort of where I was... That's kind of where I was thinking on this issue, in that, you know, the principal's all alone in his office, he's clicking around to see what the girls in the school are posting on their, you know, little photo session. Of course, the the, the excuse for doing it is that he's concerned. He's doing research. Yes, he's he wants to find out who the troubled kids are and uh, who's posting the naughty photos so he can uh, help uh, alert the parents to this problem mm. right after he finishes clicking and touching himself. He should concern himself with what's his business. Uh, 800-259-9231. Uh, let's continue with the school stories. Mark, if you've got your story about the arrests that were made at a high school in America, what's that all about? Eleven high school students were behind bars after a major undercover drug sting at their school. Um, this is from uh, WSBTV.com. Um, so it's not enough that we've actually got, in this country, d- police dogs and SWAT teams running through schools, searching searching room to room, like we reported recently on the show, that's not enough. They actually also have undercover operatives mingling amongst your uh, your kids. They did this um, when I was at school. Yeah, this they is, the this same is thing. An, old, uh, an old game. But, the, uh, you know, here's the thing that bothers me the most about this whole uh, sending a, a young-looking cop into the school to, uh, you know, I don't know... Uh, to befriend people but, and ask them for drugs. Right. I mean, you know, in one case, she quote unquote dated one of these boys and um, in this case you're talking no, about or the no, one we talked uh, about in the past no the one um, at my school oh okay I happen to know she dated one of the boys and apparently some more than just what you might imagine went on and um, she she got him locked up for getting her drugs. She had sex with one of your friends? That's and then... only alleged, right? Like, I don't know that that's right. a fact or anything, but that's wow. what one high school student said to another. Do anything for the conviction, huh? I mean, and, and, and that's the thing. What would have happened if she would have gone in there and just sort of uh, moseyed around and gone to class and not really... Uh, tried real hard um she wouldn't have uh, entrapped people what would have happened if um she would have come up with nothing well she would have been a bad cop she i guess would have, so. they, they, like her superiors would have said you got to do better than this yeah it's not mention what this does to the kid's psyche besides getting locked up he he's feels unwanted i mean his girlfriend didn't really like him right. she was just doing it for cuz for her Using job for her career well welcome to the real world um when do police say hey, that wait a minute was he 18 uh, that student At the time, yeah. No, wouldn't that be statutory rape? I mean, is it okay if you do How it on, you on the it? job? How do you prove it? 
I don't know if I was being charged with uh, with drug possession and I'd just been statutorily well, raped. I think I'd actually bring it up at that point. I believe I believe that all but one of the cases were uh, at my school were dropped simply because the you know the the evidence was bad or corrupt or somehow or another. So I don't know. All right. So what happened? Here? Winter police say students ages 15 to 19, 19 year old high school students, sold drugs to other students at Winter Barrow High School. The 11 students were arrested on campus Monday morning, and they um, then being are, are being processed at the Barrow County Jail. Police say instead of spending time in the classroom, they'll be learning hard lessons behind bars. Look, look out so through tough. the barbed wire of the Barrow County Jail. Time is probably standing still for 11 Winder Barrow High School students that were arrested for selling drugs on campus. I don't even know what to say about that. I'm astonished at the amount of people, said a, a parent, Kelly Robertson. I know a lot of people who do drugs, so I'm used to hearing it about it, you know, said uh, student John Payton. The undercover operation began six months ago. When a Winder police officer was placed into the school as a student, he let it be known um, among students that he was a drug user. Police say sure. that he, he didn't take long before his um, arrested student before the arrested students tried to sell him various drugs. Some of the drugs were uncovered were marijuana, methadone, Vicodin, Lortab, Xanax, Percocet, cocaine. Said wow! That, Look how many of the uh, drugs that are for sale on your high school campuses are prescription medications. Right. That was the vast majority, in fact, of, if of I'm what not was, mistaken. Yeah, what was mentioned here. Yeah, I heard cocaine and marijuana. Yeah. And I didn't even hear ecstasy. Where's the ecstasy at? wasn't mentioned. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's To me, it's it, one thing that I would give as advice uh, to kids in this case. Watch out for that kid that comes in the middle of the year. Mm. No, I'd also give the advice of don't take drugs to school. Yeah, well, that's good yeah. advice. Yeah, don't sell drugs to uh to Well, kids. my advice would be don't do drugs. Right, of but, course. Um, but if you you're know. going to do it, don't bring them to school. It's a bad idea, especially we've been hearing stories of them coming around and just searching every student in the school. Right. Yeah. And also, yeah, not only don't bring them to school, but uh, don't sell them to kids that you don't know. I mean, that you haven't known since middle school or whatever, or mm. that there's not some actual real rapport going on beyond just someone that you've heard is looking for some drugs. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, bad well, news. You know, I, I, I'm sure none of these kids had gone to this person's mother's house. You Probably know, not. Hung out. 800-259-9231. Are the police out of control in this country? Well, I would say so. On the way, there's a story from New York City about just an absolutely absurd use of police power that, that might shock you a little bit. 800-259-9231. Vince is on the way in California, and your calls about whatever's on your mind. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want. toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net. toll free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. That does include archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience. Go get them free at freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy building things? Woodcraftplans.com has hundreds of blueprints for things like lawn chairs, rocking horses, yard shadows, fine furniture, and more. Step-by-step instructions and full-size patterns guide all skill levels. Woodcraftplans.com supports FTL. Please support Woodcraft Plans. That's woodcraftplans.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. To the phones, let's talk to Vince in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hey, Vince. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, um, I wanted to talk about the uh, using voting to sort of advance the freedom movement and why I don't think it's a, 
effective way and why, why I think it's a, a bad way to try to advance it. Okay. All right. This um, is certainly a debate that uh, that has is going is ongoing amongst different factions in the freedom movement. There are those who believe that voting is an endorsement of the system, and therefore they can't possibly participate in it. But I don't know if that's where you're coming from on this. So, what's your angle? No, my angle is the, most the the big thing that I hear from libertarians is that voting is self defense. In other words, you your the excuse is I'm voting because I'm afraid that your guys get get in power, so I want to try to put my guy to sort of block you, so to speak. I've heard that before. Okay. Now, my, my problem with that is that, that, that sel- that's not really self-defense because you're, the person that you put in power is going to do intrusive acts against innocent people, i.e. non-voters. So it's not like you're stopping the people who are aggressing against you by voting. You're also aggressing against people who don't vote, which is the vast majority of the American public. Well, okay. Now, are you talking about in a uh, in a, for instance, in a race where there's a Republican and a Democrat, or are you suggesting that a libertarian or liberty-minded person who might be running for office is also well, going to aggress? I would say even a liberty-minded person. I, I would to I, I would say like a principled uh, free marketeer like yourself, possibly, mm-hmm. or that's how I view myself as well. Although, then again, who can actually trust someone who gets a position of power that they won't take advantage of it? Sure. But even a, a like. Say, for example, Ron Paul wins for president, uh, an unlikely scenario, but if, even if it did, I mean, he's still going to be, you know, sending illegal immigrants back, you know, and so... I don't know. I haven't, actually, I haven't actually asked Ron Paul any questions about that, but nonetheless, he would certainly be in charge of the U.S. federal government at that point, and there's no doubt that the feds are, are various different bureaucracies will be using force on others while Ron Paul is is sworn into office. Well, I think that that also the problem with that is he obviously he can't exert direct control over every single person. And although as president you would say you know you would say he's responsible for their actions. I mean the fact is that there, if he were to be elected, the people in the federal government aren't going to like it. They're not going to you know right. say oh Ron Paul's president. So I guess you know we're going to throw down all our weapons you know in the you know, all these countries across no, the world. No, I totally, I totally understand where you're coming from on this. And essentially you're saying that even if you elect somebody who's got some principles, somebody who you're darn sure is going to get in there and, and cut the size of government, that person is still in charge of the government, and therefore there are going to be people who are aggressed against, therefore you're endorsing that aggression by, the, uh, by voting for him. I see where you're coming from, and I understand it. But how do you respond to some, uh, I mean... How? What's your plan for uh, for downsizing the government or delegitimizing it without using its own uh, cloak of legitimacy? How are, well, how are you planning on doing and, it without voting? And you know what? That's something that has been bothering me for a long time. But I think in the last few weeks, I've come up with what could be an answer. And it's something that you addressed a few months ago on your show: uh, agorism, mm-hmm. uh, counter economics, sort of dropping out of the system uh, one by one. Just individual people just deciding, you know, they're they're just not going to deal with this anymore. They're you know not paying taxes anymore, you know, not going to not going to report their income, not going to you know necessarily obey the laws, you know, do all sorts of uh, things that are you know black market, gray market. I am kind all of for agorism, all for it. Um, I, I I I I appreciate. I think it's too people. little, too late. Well, um, no, no, it's never too little. You can always be an agorist. You can always go I just don't and, think and that work it's... underground. You can do as much as you can, but but I don't see how that's going to stop the bureaucrats from continually re uh, re-voting themselves into office, well, voting themselves how. more largesse, and putting people in prison cells. I'll tell you how it's... right now. Okay. The way that it's going to stop is because this federal government is just the spending is getting out of control and it's unsustainable. As the the years coming up with Social Security and Medicare, they're going to have to increase taxes. 
They're going to have to start lowering benefits. They're going to have to start printing money like crazy. And as they start coming down harder and harder on the American people, more and more people are just going to say, you know what, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah, but I'm there's gonna still going to be a vast, a lot of money that can be made in the corporate world. So I don't think you're going to see everyone dropping out. If someone drops out and there's a dollar to be made, I think that someone's going to jump in. And I just don't think it's realistic for everyone to just drop out. What well, about local but, politics? But what about when you're looking at 60% income taxes? A person saying, well, I could work at this corporate job and make $100,000 a year but get taxed 60,000 60, of it. Or I can take you know a job that pays half that much. But Vince, most people aren't interested in uh, stepping out of the box. Most their, their boxes are very comfortable, and they're not interested in, in throwing away their corporate job because they're, they're getting get real patients. uncomfortable real soon. I don't know if they're years. going to understand uh, the reasons why they're getting uncomfortable. They're not going to get it. They're going to turn to the government for a solution when they start and, getting and uncomfortable. And Vince, you're just relying on it all falling apart in the next uh, you know, two and a half weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen in the next two and a half decades. You don't think it's going to happen in the next two and a half decades? I don't. It's th- impossible no, don't. to predict. No, I don't. It could happen at any time, and it's impossible to predict. It's Look, more likely to take longer. Let, let me let me give you an example. How about Sweden? They've had a really high tax rate there since the '60s, late '60s. Where, where is their um, you know the whole system falling apart? Well, the di- the difference is that the the United States can print money as a world currency and distribute it across the entire world. That's what's been financing their deficit spending for the last 50 years. Sweden can't do that because we're not accepting. I don't even know what Swedish money is, but but I'm not accepting it. I love the idea of agorism, and I am personally an agorist as much as I possibly can be. I like the idea of working outside the system. I don't think that should be discounted. But at the same time, I think to ignore the fact that you know the, the system is here, that whether you like it or not, it's here, and there are people who are using and abusing it. Uh, if we don't run pro-liberty candidates, then that just means that you're going to have anti-liberty Republicans and Democrats running for office, increasing the size of the state, and you can't count on the average American, Vince, to save America. They're not going to. They didn't save America back when, uh, back in revolutionary times. The average folk, most of them just sat it out, didn't they? Wasn't it yeah, a small percentage of the people that were really the fighters, the really yes. the freedom fighters? Yeah. Right, so That's most exactly people right. aren't going to do what you're suggesting. But doesn't that prove that you only need a small number of people? But what are you? What are your small number of people proposing to do? Just drop out and not pay taxes? Well, I mean, and when we drop what, out and not pay fu- taxes, that's going to increase the burden on the people who stay in the system. It's going to, it's going to make the them angry them. at you. Is what it's going to do. See, the, you have to understand the people that are in the system today are so enmeshed in it. When they see, like an Ed Brown, for instance, somebody who has uh, essentially not paid uh, taxes, right? He's stealing from us all. Right, they that's say. how they see right. it. They see it as he's a criminal. He's stealing from us. How dare he not pay his? fair share. They may be completely wrong in what they're thinking. Okay, well, You and right. I will definitely agree that they're totally wrong in that thought process, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make a difference because they still want to see him punished. They still want to see uh, you know, him, his blood spilled and, uh, and his property stolen from him to make good true. for all the taxes he hasn't paid. That's definitely true, but then again, on the other hand, right now there's 40 million Americans that aren't paying income taxes that sh- are supposed to be and I've heard higher numbers. The government can't do anything about it. It's true that they can't do anything about it, but that hasn't stopped the government, Vince. And thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I'd like to hear from you as to how you feel this uh, sort of conflict against, you know, do you work within the system to change it or do you work without or a combination of both? With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. And if your show, you bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there, wiki.freetalklive.com. Over 1,200 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. And, of course, it is totally free. That's wiki. .freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We just got off the phone with Vince a few moments ago, and Vince was advocating the position that has been advocated by others in the past. That voting is essentially an endorsement of the system, that voting is an endorsement of violence, that a candidate, even if they have a pro-liberty mentality, will still be, uh, if they get elected, will still be lording over a system that is inherently violent, and therefore those who claim to be against violence cannot possibly participate in the voting system. I've come across the arguments, and I've rejected them personally, and you guys can chime in on this. I'm ready to chime in right now. I I don't come from the principled uh, anarcho-capitalist sort of standpoint that the caller does. I just believe in small government. I'm looking for lower taxes. You know, I'd like to see a little more freedom here in the United States um, for for that. And, um, you know, that's all I'm looking for. And I personally, I feel cheated and lied to and deserted by the um, you know the the anarcho capitalists the people in the freedom movement that are of that opinion that decide not to vote. Look, we're trying to make a smaller government here, and it will be better for you and for everyone if you just suck it up, shut up, and vote for the best candidate. Well, out I don't there. feel deserted. I do. I feel deserted. It's their business. It's, uh... it's their business. But look, man, like it isn't hard enough to get um pro-liberty planks out there in front of people, and then you don't bite, vote? As the resident free marketeer, uh, let me go ahead and make an argument for voting as a free marketeer. Maybe to those that are out there saying, well, Mark, you're just a minarchist, you scumbag. Right, well, Uh, that's exactly what they're saying. But uh, they deserve to hear what the minarchists say say and feel about it. Look, man, you're leaving us out here in the cold. We're trying really hard to shrink this government down to some manageable size so it doesn't tax the crap out of everybody, and you just leave us out here. If the minarchists get us down to small government, it's going to be a whole lot better for everyone and a whole lot easier for the uh, free marketeers of the like um, to go in that direction even further. It's like setting the way for them, and I don't understand the argument against minarchists because it's a step what I see in the right direction, at least. Well, we're talking about voting. Now, it's not necessarily the argument against minarchists. It's the, the argument between minarchists and uh, anarcho-capitalists or free marketeers is something for another time. But, um, but to, to promote the concept of voting to those who are of Vince's persuasion, those who believe that it's evil, that it's bad to vote, that voting's an endorsement of the system, it's not an endorsement of the system. And the reason why is because of the nature of the vote itself. And as Lysander Spooner pointed out, I believe it was in No Treason. And he rightly, very rightly so. The voting process in America is a secret ballot. Yeah, your name might be on the voters' rolls. Okay, yes, you have to go through the process or whatever of registering to vote. And as a free marketeer, when I registered to vote here in New Hampshire, there was that paragraph that said that I agreed uh, to all of the laws in New Hampshire. I crossed that sucker out. 
if the Constitution says that I have a right to vote, then I will uh, exercise that right without agreeing to all their silly rules. So I could still vote. I am a vo- registered voter here, even though I crossed out that one paragraph. So if you see something you disagree with, cross it out, sign it, and, and turn it in and see Keep what going. happens. Uh, but also, it's a secret ballot. So you can, sure, you can check the voters' records. You can see who voted. But that just means that someone showed up to the voting location, got a ballot, walked into uh, one of those little curtainy areas. Right. doesn't say and, what they voted for. Right, it doesn't it, even say they voted at all. They could have left everything blank. Exactly. There's no way to determine if that person actually did vote. So therefore, I mean, the whole system, this is more evidence that the whole system is just bankrupt and screwed. But of course, most people don't realize that. The fact that it's a secret ballot and that, you, you know, there's no way to actually tabulate um, honestly the votes that were that were cast. So therefore, there's no way to prove that you voted. There's no way to prove if you did vote, who you voted for. So it's a completely anonymous um, way of, as, as you put it, self-defense. Uh, you're defending yourself against these people who would use the government to be as violent as they could possibly make it, to have as many different rules as they possibly could. Whether or not you're voting for a libertarian, or you're voting for uh, somebody who is of a liberty mindset, or you're just voting for the lesser of two evils. Many people vote because it's damage control as much as they can possibly do. It's the only thing that they know. They know they can't go and, and shoot back against the police because they'll be obliterated if they do something like that. You can only take, you can only do so much with the system that we have today, and I don't think that it's it's illegitimate to take part and try to minimize the amount of damage. The facts are the facts. People aren't going to wake up and all of a sudden just drop out of the system like Vince would like them to do. Sure, that'd be lovely, but it's not bloody likely. So because it's anonymous, because uh, there's no way to actually track the votes, there's no way to actually prove that you're endorsing any violence whatsoever. And if you're voting for nonviolent candidates or people that are going to go in there like we might here in Keene if we can and, you know, put an end to the war on drugs, uh, make property taxes voluntary, try to volunteerize as much of the system as quickly as possible, why wouldn't you want to vote for that? And that's where I kind of have to take Mark's side here on feeling abandoned by the anarchists who don't want to vote and drop out of the system i'm working for them trying to make changes for them why can't you just give a little to me too i mean i'll show up for your civil disobedience and help you out that way and now i want to make changes from the inside and in a way i do feel abandoned by people who don't want to support that's more of a um, new hampshire issue than anything because um i don't think that uh I don't think that there's a lot of uh, minarchists out across the United States showing up for anarchists, uh, you know, um, demonstrations and supporting them any place but uh, New Hampshire. Uh, you know, the free state. And that's because we're all working together to uh, free the free state. That's true. There's also not a lot of uh, small government candidates running for city council across America and, either. And I would say, um, you know... Uh, the the sitting back and waiting for society to collapse argument, which is uh, sort of what the caller was uh, um, putting forth, is well, they were doing that in the 80s. There were people out there that were saying, oh, this is it. This is it. It's going to be, you know, the, the government's gotten too big, too intrusive. We're in too many places doing too much stuff. And sure enough, it's going to collapse soon. Yeah, I've heard actually heard of people who vote for bigger governments so that to uh, get yeah, the I've collapse to come quicker. <laughs> That's nutso, in my opinion. And, and um, you know, the at the very least, if you're not going to vote, at the very least, sign up for the Free State Project. Come here and, um, you know, get involved and, and be an do something. Here, yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, sitting back and doing nothing, ugh, 
man, it makes me mad. I'm trying so hard here and not doing anything. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on uh, voting and participating in the system versus not. I think another reason to participate in the system, and again, I'm the free marketeer here. I'd rather it just all disappear tomorrow, but I realistically know it's not going to. And I want to see it hit from as many different sides as we can hit it. I think that um, I'm not angry at Russell Canning or any of those guys who don't vote. Uh, I love what they're doing. I think what they're doing is so important. And if they don't want to vote, well, whatever. I can't force them to. Fine. Uh, but what they are doing is civil disobedience. They're doing things that are very visible. They're doing things that are getting people stirred up. They're getting attention drawn to certain issues. And I think that's important, and it has an important place. But at the same time, there are those who do want to play the politics game. I don't want to play it, but I will participate in it, unfortunately, because I feel like I have to, again, for that self-defense sort of purposes. And I think that what we have here in this country is this government operating under what I call the cloak of legitimacy. It's what separates government from any other gang of people. See, because that's what government is. It's a gang of people uh, who are using violence to enforce their way on others. And the only thing that separates them from uh, the mafia is that they've got these courts and the flags and they've got the, the voting system, all these things that make people believe that, well, we're participating and we're, you know, since we voted, we elected these it's people. It's our government. There's, it's by the people and for the people. Right. There's this aura, this cloak of legitimacy. So as long as the cloak is in effect, as long as people believe government is legitimate, we can use that cloak to our advantage. We can run candidates who inevitably will get some attention in the press. And, and if that attention is given to them where it normally would not be given if you're just out holding signs on the side of the road... That attention could be important in getting the message out to people who otherwise wouldn't have seen it. More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. What do you think? This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net. Toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. We do ask, though, that you voluntarily support the show by going and becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. As over 365 of our listeners have decided to do, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The concept is very simple. Uh, basically, we ask you for 3 bucks a month. You voluntarily provide it. We take that money in and we turn it around into advertising to more radio stations, getting more stations on board with the show, getting more Internet listeners uh, listening to the program, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty around the world as fast as possible and efficiently as possible. So I think you're going to be pleased with what we're doing with AMP. Just head over and get the details and find out about the perks that you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. So we've been talking about this whole voting situation, uh, the the controversy between some of those who are on the free marketeer slash anarchist side uh, versus the minarchist people uh, as far as should you participate in voting? Is it an endorsement of violence? Is it an endorsement of the system? I, as a free marketeer, say no, it is not an endorsement of those things. It is a defensive mechanism to where you are trying to minimize the size of the gang of violent people who deems to uh, deems it appropriate to use force against you. I don't think it's a problem at all to vote, and I, I would encourage others uh, to to get involved and, and and take part in that as well. I'd say if you're voting between two evils, the lesser of two evils, like for presidency, 
there's no real reason to vote in that. Maybe write in Mickey Mouse or something. Yeah. I don't know. But when you have an option to choose a small candidate, such as Ron Paul, I say vote for him. If you're not... Small government candidate, yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the reasoning not to. I think that it's important to vote if you have an opportunity to shrink the size of government in any way. Yeah. I You know, it's just... It's the impracticality of perfection. Um, in the process you know, of looking for perfection in that candidate and not, by the way, getting in and doing something yourself um, is, you know, you just, you hurt us all more. 800-259-9231, if you've got thoughts on this particular issue. The, the one point I was making uh, before the break that I wanted to just flesh out a little bit was the uh, the concept of the cloak of legitimacy that government has. And the fact is that some people really, really believe in this government thing, and they oh, really yeah. are into elections and all that, and, and that includes many news organizations. Uh, the fact is, if you're looking at, for instance, here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we all live, uh, we've got like these pro-liberty-minded people that are going to be running for local office with one particular, they're, gonna, they're all going to sign a statement that's going to say they are not going to grow the size of government at all. In fact, they will actively work to reduce the size of government as much as they possibly can while they're in office. Which is practically unheard of. Right. And I think that's a great starting point. And there are a lot of people around here that are just waiting for candidates like that to, to actually vote for. Which is one of the reasons why participation is so low. But since there is this cloak of legitimacy, the news organizations in the area, whether they be the local radio stations or the, uh, the local newspapers, they're going to pay attention to the, to the candidates, whoever they are. So whether it be some big government freak, some welfare statist, nanny statist running for office, they're going to get the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. They're going to get an article in the newspaper. They're going to get attention. Why shouldn't we have a, a horse in the race, so to speak, who can also espouse pro-liberty positions, who can espouse less government and get attention for that and essentially and do what we're doing here in Keene, and that is tie all of our candidates in together as much as possible so people realize this is more than just one guy who's spouting off. This is an entire movement of people who also believe this way. Something's growing. Something important is happening here. And uh, these are things that we can do because we're going to run candidates. If we don't run candidates, we won't get news articles in the paper. If we don't get news articles in the paper pointing people to our website, people won't know about it. They won't know that uh, there are other options out there. It seems silly to leave that uh, those to leave those potential converts on the table, people who normally would be turned off by the political system, people who are normally sickened by voting for the usual two parties. Give them something fresh to look at, something uh, revolutionary, something they've never heard of before. Uh, I think that some people out there, um, and you know, that are on the uh, free marketeer side of things, um, aren't interested in conversion. They're interested in being unique, different, and being able to spout off about how other everybody else is wrong. Like they don't care about solving the problem. Mm-hmm. They just care about being able to talk some crap about the system. Look, it's wrong. It's immoral. It's bad. And that's it. Is. it. I, I would I, I would absolutely agree, but at the same time, you're, they're not doing anything besides talking to a few people and 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 in all likelihood turning them off um, about what it is that they believe. Now, I still think that people like Russell Canning, who don't participate in voting and such, I wish they would, but I really think he's still important because he stands out there with a sign and does his protest. He also say, has his own newspaper. He that's does, true. Does a ton. I think you're talking in, about most um, anarchists. I think I, I think I, I said some of the people in the right. marketeer uh, yeah. genre. I just wanted to point out how important people like him are because when you hold up a sign that says "Honk if you hate taxes," that might just put in someone's mind. Then they go onto the newspaper and they're looking at smaller government, uh, sm- 
smaller candidates running for office, and it gets it in their mind over and over again. So I think that what he does is very important. But yeah, um, I just you know, wanted this, to. Well, I think that uh, the mainly what you've got to do is something. Just do something. And I think largely, at what I, the the impression I get, the the feeling that I get, the, um, is is that a lot of free marketeers, uh, if we can use that terminology. Are um, uh, some of them out there just aren't doing anything? They're dropping out and checking you know, out and, be, say, and saying, you know, this is your system. You guys have fun. This Goodbye. may be one of the differences between free market, the term free marketeer and anarchist. I mean, I'm just throwing this out here as an idea. Perhaps you are more likely to be an anarchist if you completely reject uh, the system and you don't want to participate in it. Maybe a free marketeer is somebody who will take whatever means they can possibly get to get as close to a free market as they possibly can. Maybe that's a subtle difference between the two uh, the two groups. We Could need be. to go to the phones and talk to Gilbert in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Toby and Mark. Hey, Gilbert. Hi, guys. Um, I just wanted to comment that the people that don't vote, I really don't understand the principle. To me, it seems almost very immature, like a child saying, I'm going to hold my breath until you do what I say. I mean, there's just there's there's nothing that's going to result from it. Right. Except a passed out child. <laughs> I mean, if we had every single person not vote, the bureaucrats would still vote themselves into office. Sure they, they would. They would still rule us Precisely. with an iron fist. That's pretty much who does vote today in local elections as far as municipal elections. Right. It's pretty much the bureaucrats and their immediate family members that I mean, go out and vote for more bureaucracy. Look at the school board election. Find out how many people voted. Count how many teachers and uh, administrators there are in the schools, and I'll bet you you're going to come up with a number that's pretty similar. Right. So the fact is, what we have today are the bureaucrats foisting, continuing to foist their system on everyone as everyone else lounges around and, and, you know, whines about not having a candidate to vote for. Well, let's give them some candidates to vote for and get in there and, and stir things up as, as much as we possibly can. Because if we sit back, they're just going to make their system bigger and bigger. And yes, Vince is right. Eventually it will crash. But I want something to happen in my lifetime. There's no guarantee the system's going to crash tomorrow. Right. And that's sort of the do-nothing attitude. Um, well, it'll, it'll follow, uh, fall of its own uh, weight at some point. Well, it may very well. And who knows how long that'll be. I personally am a man of action. I just can't sit around and say, well, yeah, screw it. Yeah. Also, I don't want it to collapse. I'd rather dismantle it. I mean, when it collapses, it's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah, it's because, gone pretty far and, at that and point. And what's the guarantee, by the way, that when it collapses, that you're going to get a smaller, um, less None intrusive government whatsoever. in the process? whatsoever. Look at the history of uh, government's failure, uh, failure around the world. They're usually replaced by more governments. Gilbert, any other thoughts? No, I completely agree with you guys. I just think that uh, we need to persuade those that don't want to participate to participate that the uh, that it has kind of a, a leftist feel to it the, so, the sort of let's get together and sing kumbaya is about as effective as not voting uh, we really do need to run the candidates and make sure that uh, someone that's in office that can do something and not just uh, uh, it can't just be that we're just either doing nothing or just complaining. Well, Gilbert, I hope you'll decide to move to New Hampshire and uh, run as a candidate yourself. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231 to Bushwick in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bushwick. Yes, guys. Uh, thank you for taking my call. It's uh, great to talk to you guys again. Thank you. What's up? Uh, well, um, I'll first make this comment very short and sweet, and then I'll get to the nature of the call. Uh, as far as voting goes, here in Oklahoma, we run the two two political party rat race, CJ hit it on the head yesterday. Um, it's a, basically a lost cause here. Um, either way, you if you vote one way, they win. If you vote another way, you lose. So it's pretty much, you know, uh, you know, 
stand behind and just watch uh, uh, the the bureaucrats go at it. Sure, I totally understand. In most places, it does seem hopeless, and in many places, it is. In places like Oklahoma and other states, third parties can't even get on the ballot. They can't even get close to being on the ballot. So um, people in those states feel like there really are no choices, and there really aren't any. So you know, the solution there is to get to the free state. If you'll hang on, Bush, we'll bring it back. 800-259-9231. Josh in Kentucky, your calls as well. Ladies, your calls come first if you make them at 800-259-9231. Hour number three is on the way. Still to come the story from new york city where the police targeted an evil man with chalk we'll explain it is free talk live our archives website and podcast will continue to stay free but if you think other people deserve to hear this show consider becoming a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com help free some minds visit amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. It is Ian here with you, by the way. And Toby. And Mark. Uh, Join us, freetalklive.com, as we go to the phones, right to the fun. Let's go back to Bushwick in Oklahoma. You're back on Free Talk Live. Bushwick? Yes, thanks. A couple of segments ago, it seems like an eternity, you guys were making a reference to a free speech issue regarding a teenager, MySpace, and a principal. Um, My question to the three of you uh, on the panel there is, do you vote, or do you um, view the United States Constitution as a social contract? No, of course not. Uh, not personally, no. I mean, how could it be? I never signed it. And how can how can uh, some strange group of men, uh, 200 years ago now, that were sitting in a room together, obligate me or anyone else that wasn't sitting were, in that room? But they were elected. I don't know if they were elected because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't born 200 years ago. But the the thought process is they are elected representatives of the people, for the people, by the people. They sign on your behalf. I'm sure Therefore, they would have claimed that. I'm sure those men would have claimed that. But uh, I can tell you right now that I know I wouldn't have elected anyone to go and do that sort of thing. And I'm sure there are plenty of other people that didn't even know it was going on. No, I don't think so, the... So con- now, uh, the so Constitution is not supposed is... to be a social uh, social contract. It's supposed to govern what the government can, has to abide by. It, it reigns in the government, contract, not the people. Go ahead. You know, the United States Constitution is a legal binding contract between the United States government and the people of the United States. You know, I'm not sure that I... I no, it's I, not. I, even, you know, I'm probably the most cons- conservative of the, uh, of the three on the panel, and I would say that the Constitution has legitimacy, and therefore we can make arguments based on it for a smaller government. But I don't think that it's a legal... Uh, it may very, very well be legal and binding contract between the government and the American people. I just don't think it's a legitimate one. Well, with that being said, with that being my personal take on it, I do not feel that this particular individual... Is, is covered under the First Amendment. That person is not of legal age to be uh, conduct, uh, be held accountable for a, co- uh, a contractual agreement. You're talking about the young girl in the story that we did last hour who had uh, right. commented no, on a MySpace page uh, with some, right. out, some I guess, no, vulgarities. Yeah, she, she has no freedom of speech laws to protect her whatsoever. She's not of a legal age 
to be held accountable for a contract. Is there anything is in the, I don't think there's anything in the Bill of Rights that says you have to be of legal age in order to enjoy the right to free speech. But you have 50 states that says you have to be 18 to get in to enter into contractual law. So you can't have it both ways. I'm not trying to have it both ways. This no, isn't I'm a contract. Saying, people can't, you know, I'm saying people can't have it both ways, and I can see, I can just see where this first judge was coming from. That it's in their mindset, it's a contractual agreement. She's not covered. She's not 18. If she was 18 and a senior in high school, then you know, by all means, she'd have the right to tell them to go. You know. Take a flying leap. Somewhere. That's not what they're. That's not the point they were coming from. They were suggesting that if she were an adult, then it would have been even worse crimes that she had uh, allegedly committed. See, that's you know. I hear. I was coming from a different perspective altogether. Uh, my take on it was she wasn't covered, and kids in schools are not covered. Under the you know, they, they everybody seems to think that they have all these rights, search and seizures. Uh, freedom of speech. They don't have these laws. It's true. They don't have them. You're right. Uh, I found that out when I was in high school. I was told, uh, you know, plain out by the principal that I don't have a right to freedom of speech. There is no right to a fair trial if you're in high school and you get trouble on in trouble on school campus. But that doesn't have to do with your age. That has to do with being in the public school. Well, yeah. I mean, but the fact is, they'll just set whatever rules they want to and do what they want. You should have those rights. You just they just don't care and they won't uh, they won't agree to that sort of thing. Right, I, I'm in agreement with you there. I think everybody should have the rights, but I, I'm just... But she wasn't even on school campus. I mean, she was uh, at her mom's house or whatever, posting on the Internet. Well, I mean, the only thing that I would say that this gentleman, if this gentleman wanted to have any action done, he could have taken it up in civil court with the parents. That's who's legally responsible for this child anyway. I think that's a good point. Then he'd have to prove that he was somehow damaged uh, by the comments. And uh, Bushwick, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I can't possibly agree that the Constitution is a binding agreement on anybody, but the you know 25 men or however many guys it was that signed it. It's, it can't possibly be. I mean, if you want to have a legally binding contract, you have to have two, at least two parties, and those two parties have to come to a meeting of the minds. They have to understand the terms that they're agreeing to, and then they have to usually sign the agreement. Well, um, what I would say the Constitution is, is it's a, uh, it's a blueprint for what the government uh, of the United States of America is supposed to look like. And uh, like it or not, whether you agreed to it or not, the United States government is the ruling body in this particular uh, geographic area that we um, happen to inhabit. So I just look at it from a practical point of view. It, you know, it, that's the government, and that government should abide by its constitution. I don't think that constitution obligates me to anything. Great point. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Josh in Kentucky. Josh, you're on the amplifier line. Hello. Yes. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, people like Vince upset me because I think the uh, dropout and don't vote way of bringing about change is less effective than actually getting into the political system and monkey wrenching. And uh, I'm all for agorism. Like, I even consider myself an agorist, but I think you have to start somewhere. And, uh, I mean, we all know that Democrats and Republicans are going to go out on Election Day and vote to their heart's content, and there's nothing we can do to stop them except vote, too. I agree and, completely. Uh, and I'm, I'm tired of the pacifism and anarchism. I mean... Uh, most of the anarchists I've been talking to, you know, like on the FTL BBS and stuff, uh, they remind me of the kids in the schoolyard to get, you know, punched in the face by a bully and they just walk away or, you know, they just stand there and cry. They don't do anything about it. And it just really upsets me. And 
Well, I'm sure uh, that that wouldn't be, uh, you know, all of them, and I can I can assure you the one that I know well um, wouldn't be that way. But <laughs> and uh, you know, I think people have been trying to drop out of the political system since the founding of the country, but. 230 plus years later, the government's still here and it's still bigger than ever. Yeah, and there's only so there's only so far you can drop out. I mean, you can, you can drop out entirely, but then you have to be living in a small cabin on you know a hundred acres of property located in the middle of the property without any roads around, so any nosy bureaucrats can come out and find you and uh, and harass you. And and you better you better be in the right have that hundred acres in the right place, otherwise they're going to want a whole bunch of property taxes from you. You likely can uh, in some states skate by without paying it, but uh, others you darn sure better pay that. Yeah. Tax. So I mean, if that's how you want to do it, then yeah, okay, you can drop out. It's not easy, and the further you want to drop out, the more difficult life will become for you. So it makes sense to participate within the uh, system as much as you possibly can. Not to mention, I've never met uh, someone who's dropped out um, that won't accept FRNs. Federal Reserve notes. That's right. I mean, if you drop out, you shouldn't be expecting uh, accepting anything from right. the federal government. Silver only. That's right. And I've never met someone who's got taken it that far. So, right. I mean, the fact is, we have to deal with this in the real world. That's true. I would suggest, that, Josh, that you don't let it get to you. If it's bugging you, don't let them get to you. Just go and do what you've got to do to make things better and and spread the word as as much as you possibly can. Don't let them bog you down. That's what I, that's what I would suggest. Josh, any other yeah, thoughts? Uh, no, that's all I want to say. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Osborne in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hello, Osborne. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? I'd uh, like to take issue with your uh, argument for voting, if I may. Please. For voting. Okay. Uh, first of all, let me uh, point out that a vote is in its or a vote or a not vote is a vote in itself. It's a vote that says, "Hey, I'm not voting." Yeah, but no one cares about that, Osborne. Right, but they also don't care if you vote for uh, Harry Brown or uh, Ron Paul or any of these other candidates who aren't going to win. So but if then, you're... how can you make that? That's that's an unfair prediction. I mean, there's a chance, albeit slim, there's a chance that Ron Paul could show up as a dark horse candidate all of a sudden get uh, get more media exposure. He's already gotten some media exposure. Right. There's but... also a chance that no one will show up to vote. Right? The no, bureaucrats no will still vote. The bureaucrats will always vote themselves in. That's right. There's a 100% chance that the bureaucrats will show up. Hang on, Osborne. Sure. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Cause I'd lo- I, we've yet to have actually somebody getting on the line with us and making points against voting beyond Vince, the original call from last hour. So we'll see what Osborne has to say. And your calls as well. 800-259-9231. To vote or not to vote. That is, apparently is the question tonight here on Free Talk Live. And you can answer it, 800-259-9231, or bring up whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including updates. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And SACL, C-A-I, has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections. 
Early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're going back to Osborne in Ohio. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian Toby and Mark. Osborne? Are you there still? Osborne going once? Hello, I am hey, here. He okay. is there. All right, so Osborne, I am there. you're arguing against voting. If you could just quickly uh, recap. And you know what? I, I'm not going to argue against voting. I just I think there's something wrong with your argument for voting. What do you mean? That is, your argument was, well, I may not uh, agree with what this candidate is saying or going to do, but it's better than what it could be if we elect this other guy. Okay. Right. So if you take that tack, why then would you be voting for someone that has a very low probability of winning rather than one of the mainstream candidates that might be better than the other one? Well, I generally, A, I, a, I generally don't take that tack in an election where there's two evils. I generally will just stay home or, as Toby suggested, write in Mickey Mouse. I really don't care in that particular case. I usually only vote where there's someone who at least reflects my value system to some extent. Well, and um, I think that because um, we have been, like the Republicans are supposedly the, uh, the the party of small government, but they lied. They they have been lying all along. So if you're voting for somebody who's going to lower the size of government, they really have to do that, not just in one particular area, but across the board. Like if I vote for Newt Gingrich, maybe he might lower some taxes here or there, but he's going to be, uh, you know, for all kinds of anti-freedom legislation and they're therefore you know raise the size of the police departments and create whole new policing bodies that are going to uh you know go after my freedoms in different areas and that's sort of uh, my criteria is you know i may not complete i'm never going to completely agree with any candidate that runs so i'm always voting for the lesser of two evils and i understand where you're coming from but at the very least i want to vote for somebody who's going to shrink in real um you know a real tangible ways the government right so you're right, saying but what, what about not increasing the size of government as much as the other guy. For example, uh, uh, the Democrats are going to be more likely to want to impose national health care on us and are most more likely to want to raise the uh, income tax back to 73%. And if something like that happens, I, I just got my tax bill for the year and it was like half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. If I... If uh, it goes back up to 73%, I'm bankrupt. All my people are out of jobs. Uh, I don't have any money to give Free Talk Live. From, and uh, from we're, all gonna be, we're all going to be worse off. From my standpoint, I don't, have a, I don't particularly have a problem with voting for the candidate who's um, the lesser of two evils. I will vote right. for... But, but um, you're a dirty minicrist scumbag, though. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I, mean, I, I would, I, although it's awful, I would rather vote to have my pinky chopped off than my whole hand. Yeah, I mean, I have, I will certainly say that I have voted for the lesser of two evils in the past, and I probably will again if I if I can determine that there's at least a determinable difference between the two candidates. I don't really know on the on your, if it's just your average Democrat versus your average Republican. I'll stay home on that. 
Um, because, yeah, okay, the Democrats might raise taxes to 73%, but at the same time, the Republicans will raise it to 72% because they've got to pay for their new police state that they want to implement on everybody else. So, really, uh, you, you're, you're suggesting that it's for some reason bad to vote for a Ron Paul because he so supposedly doesn't have a chance of winning. Well, the fact is, if you don't go out and vote for the guy, then absolutely, he does have zero chance of winning. But if everybody who is, is saying that, oh, I wish I could vote for Ron Paul, would actually go out and vote for Ron Paul, then maybe a difference could ha- maybe something could change. You know, even if he doesn't get elected, the fact that he gets maybe 5-6%, whatever percentage it is that he gets, that will educate some other people and bring other people into the pro-freedom movement. It would be the most the libertarians ever gotten. Osborne, any other thoughts for us? No, other than uh, that was a real nice live read you just did there. Nice. Uh, the SACL CAI sounds really cool. That's right. I, I'm going to hire them when I need to collect from Torgo. Thanks you know, for the call. Appreciate they're it. in Defiance, Ohio. I love the name of that. that Defiance, is a great Ohio. Place. All right, let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist. Uh, if a man has an opinion on voting, I'm sure Gene's got one. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. I have one, but I called about biodiesel. But if you want to, uh, I will say this about the Constitution, is that uh, the proper subject of the Constitution is the government, not people. So there is no uh, way that people can claim that the Constitution is some kind of a contract over citizens. Certainly not. Now, Gene, before you get to biodiesel, are you a voter? No. And why not? I gave up because uh, no matter who I for about 15 years, no matter who I voted for, never got into office. So I just decided to give up. How do you how do you feel about that, Mark? Is it like that one? I get. Uh, you know, I do really. Under- just burned out. I do really understand that one. I know that the, it's been very very tough for the last 35 years. The Libertarian Party out there, um, trying to get candidates and really getting almost nowhere. Um, you know, your candidate gets. Maybe one percent if you're lucky, on up to four percent. But losing's losing. I, I kind of understand that. I would, you know, t- to those people, I would say, hey, things are looking up. You could move to the free state, and we really are making things happen. But you know, I don't, I don't hold any grudges against people that are just, you know, worn out. So, Gene, what's the latest on the biodiesel front? Well, I, I've been running 100 percent biodiesel now in my truck and uh, on my. Um on my blog site, I put up some pictures of the truck and the pumping system so you could see how big the pump uh, pump mechanism is, and I put one of the uh, drums there. I told you, I, I, in my garage, the only floor space I'm using up is one drum and my pumping station, mm-hmm. so I, you can see how big that is, and uh, it's it's next to my truck there, and of course, it's at... Uh, uh, freewebs.com slash Christian Anarchist. So Could you try, anybody, have you tried uh, to register ChristianAnarchist.com, or is that not available? Um, no, I haven't tried to register it, so I don't know if it's available or not. Probably is, I would think. Worth, but, worth uh, looking into, I would say. It's a, it's a neat little uh, appellation. Very good. Yeah. So is there anything anyway, else going it, on in, in, as far as news is concerned, with the government going after these biodiesel mixers for illegal fuel mixing or anything like that? Any um, developments there? No, I don't know of any, but I wanted to explain how the uh, how the truck is running. It uh, it's been running, like I say, almost a week now on full biodiesel. It, it drives just like it did before. It doesn't drive any different. Of course, this isn't nice. true bio. This isn't a true biodiesel. It's a biodiesel blend. It's blended with kerosene and unleaded fuel. And that makes but it a little uh, more peppy or something. I'm not sure exactly the chemistry behind it, but uh, it it makes it so that you can run the French fry oil. Hey, you and, have exactly uh, the same truck that my dad had before he passed away. <laughs> oh, do I? Yeah. Yeah. And, big, uh, big Chevy. The biggest problem with it is the uh, cold starts. The cold starts are a lot 
harder. Um, it doesn't start as easily as it does on regular diesel fuel. It's you mean if it's actually bit. cold or just any time yeah. you're starting it from scratch? Oh, just when it's real cold out. And do, it does do you have a garage? On startup. Do you have a garage? Um, I do, but my wife's car is in there. Okay. I was just wondering if the garage maybe. Maybe a block heater would help with that. Thanks for the call, Gene. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The New York Police Department has arrested a man for chalk. And we'll explain why. It's pretty outrageous. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. That, by the way, does include live streams. There's a broadband version of the show there, and a dial-up version as well for free for you at freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, hear and discuss the progress and future of the FSP. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. 800-259-9231. By the way, a little bit of breaking news, some bad breaking news. Uh, looks like our friend Russell Canning, who we were actually just talking about last hour, has been arrested again. Uh, this time, I guess, he apparently didn't show up for a court date. As you may recall, Russell was arrested recently for driving without a license. See, he was driving in his van, driving just fine, by the way. They pulled him over because he happened to have a a front headlight out which can happen to anyone. In fact, it had just happened, and he it was too late for him to actually go and get it replaced. Sure, he wasn't driving around purposely with no uh, headlight and no license plate. That would right. be silly. So then they found out that, he, well, at that, point, at that time he did have a license plate, uh, but he did not have a driver's license. So uh, at that point in time, they had arrested him. They told him there was going to be a court date. He didn't bother asking when it was because he told them straight out he wasn't coming. And so apparently he missed his court date whenever it was. No one knows when that was. And now they've come and arrested him, and he's to be in court tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. So we're uh, trying to ascertain all the information we can and head out there uh, hopefully tomorrow morning to do our best to show our support for Russell in this particular case. You know, if you're going to drop out, do it like Russell. Russell is an awesome actor. He's all he does out all the so way. much for freedom. He wasn't driving with his papers, so he got arrested for this. And so I... Support him all the way in everything he does. Absolutely. So we'll be there in the morning. We'll let you know how that goes. Uh, we got to go to the phones, though, right now because Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire, and he's on the amplifier line. Hey, Dennis. And now for something completely different, as Monty Parthon would say. They would say um, that. Actually, I have to say, wow, I called you this completely uncharacteristic of me, lighthearted thing, and you dropped a bomb. But Russell, I know, is a really uh, light-hearted guy, possibly the most light-hearted guy I ever have met. He yeah, always has a smile on his face. I have never seen the man looking angry. So I know at least one of you have heard the electronic band Tangerine Dream. Have the rest of you guys, and what did you think? Didn't they do the soundtrack for, oh uh, gosh, was it what, what movie was it they did the soundtrack for? I, I know they did. Do you know what it was? Because it's it's, I've seen the movie. I don't remember what it was, though. I'm not allowed to answer. It had that really famous actor that is like a well-known hunk, and I think probably I, I, I resemble slightly. Does that mm -hmm. narrow it down? 
No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. So I've seen that movie, therefore I've heard their music, but uh, I can't even, you know, I can't go any further than that. As far as your question is concerned. And Toby's looking I, blank. I have no idea no, what's Toby going has no on clue. here. So, All Dennis? Right, well, it's really trippy and weird and very electronic and very fun. And so I suggest you listen to it because it's very, very cool. Grab Underwater Sunlight. That's their best. Okay. Is it? Were you just calling for a CD recommendation? Absolutely. I, okay. I was hoping one of you guys had heard of them, and then we could chat about it, but not so. Well, Mark, you did were... you want to say anything about Tangerine Dream? I only remember them from high school. Um, I know that there's a band called Tangerine Dream. I know that they're uh, you know, synthesizers, and uh, they're from Germany. And well, what was the it. damn movie that yeah. I'm thinking of? Are you guys nice I know, I not telling? I think it's called you Tangerine know. Dream. Oh, the movie's they called Tangerine Dream? a bunch of movie music. Really? Now, are they, yeah. Do they still play today, or is this all old music? It's, most of it's old. I mean, there's a name, if you will, the brand lives on, in that, like, some of the founders, like, the founder's son and him, like, collaborate now, and it's really actually pretty cool and trippy, although it's much more poppy. So, so uh, you would go. you recommend Tangerine Dream uh, combined with drugs? Is that why you keep suggesting trippy? Well, it, it was, in fact, introduced uh, to me in college by a guy who was really way out there as far as that went, so that's possible. Hey, here's something unrelated. Uh, yeah. The other day, a guy who works, I have a Ron Paul sign in front of my yard, mm-hmm. a guy who actually works for the state in some capacity in some government building um, came by and intercepted my wife as she was out there taking out the garbage and demanded to know, where, you know, where do we get that sign? Because hmm. he thought Ron Paul was so cool, and he was telling all of his friends about it, uh, or about Ron Paul, and that he's running, and... So it's just this wild thing, completely out of nowhere. We were able to connect him up to the New Hampshire for Ron Paul people, which just was they're crawling out of the woodwork for Ron Paul support, at least awesome. in my neighborhood in Concord. Wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have uh, put the sign in there. Yeah, just a little bit of effort can go a long way. You never know who you, whose life you're going to touch. Dennis, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Tangerine Dream, according to uh, Wikipedia, scored a number of film soundtracks, including Risky Business. That was a pretty big one in the mm-hmm. 80s. Tom Cruise. Firestarter and uh, Near Dark. So there you go. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to Zach in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. How's it going, guys? Been a while. Great, Zach. What's on your mind? I had I've been listening throughout the show. I had a couple things just to chat with you guys quick about. Um, I was listening to one of the shows on podcasts from a couple days ago. Uh, you guys might remember the heated immigration debate. Yes, Saturday um, night. Yeah, we had Lou on the line from Miami, and he we went at it for an entire hour with him. Yeah, that was the guy who wanted to start shooting people on the border. I just, I was listening in my car. I just, I said, "Wow, I cannot now, believe that there's these people out there." At now, least I he's was, honest. Yeah. Now I was thinking about it. Now they, there's, um, we're on it. That was Saturday night, and so we're on a whole bunch of stations being listened to by, let's for better, for lack of a better word, let's call them normal folks. Um, <laughs> we're being listened <laughs> to by by Joe America, the uninitiated, right? And um, what does that person now? When when we get Lou to come out. And and say, well, I'm afraid we're going to have to put sharpshooters on the border and shoot Mexicans as they're trying to sneak across. Don't forget, he also wanted to put Muslims in camps. Um, what does the average American think about that? I don't know. It's scary to me to think about that. <laughs> Zach, you had a point, and, um, I think. And another thing that just points out how some people are so ignorant is that the only reason people say those damn Mexicans is because Mexico is the one right over the border. If it was Ecuador, it would be the Ecuadorians. Right. So, I mean, most people think it's all Mexicans, but anyways. I say it's those um, damn Canucks, personally. <laughs> They're sneaking across the border, too. But then, um, and just the fact that he thinks he can compare immigration laws in 1907 to 2007, I mean, just like my great-grandpa when he came over from Germany, 
Just like you guys were saying, they messed up his last name and sent him through. And right. nowadays, you got to go through five years of uh, this and that. And That's if they I don't mean, lose your application. And you have to reapply and send them more money, and it's insane. Now, he claimed to be um, that his ancestors were on the Mayflower, and I can claim the same thing uh, for the ancestors of my uh, adopted name. I can't. I don't know what they um, are, like IRL. But um, now, obviously... He doesn't um, – it's not all of his ancestors came over in the Mayflower. Otherwise, sure. it would have been like, you know, the whole boat. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it is, isn't it sort of – I don't know. I felt like I should have held his feet to the fire on that one, but, he, you know, he kept on rambling on, so I left him alone. Yeah. Zach, any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, just a couple. Um, this whole FCC thing, I mean, what happened to parental controls? I mean, can parents not make decisions for their kids anymore? Apparently just, not. I was listening to that, and I couldn't believe that either. Yeah, there's absolutely no personal responsibility anymore. Well, and the government has fostered this by continuing to take responsibility away from people, by continuing to tell parents and others that, oh, no, you don't have to worry about educating your kid. We'll make all those decisions for you. You just get them to the bus stop on time. Oh, no, you don't have to worry about saving for, re- you don't have to worry about saving for retirement. We'll just take 15% of your income, put it in some crazy uh, uh, Ponzi scheme, and uh, you can cross your fingers and hope that we're going to take care of you when you get old. I mean, really, the government has just sort of fostered this dependence mentality by Americans, so it's no surprise that now they want to completely control all the uh, things they consume. Whether it be food or or uh, medicine or television, Zach, um, I just had a uh, couple more things. Quick, uh, something about the free state. I wanted to talk to you guys about. You got thirty seconds. Okay, if New Hampshire were to secede, how would you guys deter crime? Would you guys have police, and what would there be? What well, New Hampshire, be? New Hampshire seceding doesn't necessarily mean we'd be a free market at that point. There could very well be a New Hampshire secession and still be a republic of New Hampshire as far as that's concerned. And you, you would have to decide which one of uh, our particular uh, political beliefs uh, goes gets instituted in this uh, new government and, and that kind of thing. I'm going to have police because... It's easier for people to figure well, out. Would it necessarily take away the government? Because New Hampshire already has their no, own constitution. Right, I mean, they have their own city governments, they have their right, own state just, government. I would think they would just secede. It would just yeah. eliminate the Those federal things. government from the equation. But now you're getting into a whole other issue, which you have to call about some other time. But thanks for the call, Zach. And that issue is private policing, uh, private protection services versus the government services. I personally would choose the privateers. 800-259-9231. Dave in Montana. Your calls as well. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It's a once-a-month sort of thing that we ask you to do. It's very simple. It'll take you less than a minute's time, and it makes a big difference because the more votes we have, the higher up we are in the podcast rankings at uh, Podcast Alley. So head over to vote.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Hey, Free Talk. How you doing? Hey, doing good. Dave, doing well. Are you enjoying having uh, the second, the uh, third hour of Free Talk Live on uh, KG? For sure, for sure. Excellent. It's, it's hey, these guys to... that want to shoot the Mexicans, man, I think they're showing ignorance and cowardice to the people that really are to blame for this. And it's he's called Uncle Sam. Yep, absolutely. They know... They know they can't do nothing to Uncle Sam, so they got to pick on the poor Mexicans. The Uncle Uncle Sam could stop it in a minute, but they don't. 
because they want the open borders. So, but they can't stop idiots, it, Dave. You're wrong. I, I think they can significantly slow that. it down. They can't stop it. No, just like they can't stop drugs from getting into their own prisons. So well, think about the, it. The way they would have to stop it, you know, would be like draconian measures, and that's not what America is about. True, you know? you're right about that. In that, if the federal government were to totally crack down and complete the police Right, they want to go around rounding up people and this and that. This is the whole scam. The government is going to get this national ID for these people, and, and we're going to have to get one. And then we're going to have to prove that we're not illegal aliens, because... It's not going to be politically correct just to ask a Mexican person if they're illegal or not. It, it, it's a way to get a, a whole national a North American Union uh, ID card. It, it's Uncle Sam is up to no good. He wants, as always, he wants people to point the finger at the Mexican. He wants to point the finger at the homos. He wants you to point the finger at the Islams or the Jews or the Christians. We're being pushed religiously, politically, ethnically, any racially. way they can split us up. Right, and 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 that, and you know, the message of of Jesus was to love one another because then you could see who's the evil ones, who's the ones throwing the rock. I can see who it is, and I don't even believe in Jesus. I can tell it is the federal government, your local state governments, and your local governments. Those are the evil people. Those, Those are, the, are ones the ones that we got to go after because they're the allow them to come in because they're paid off by big business for the cheap labor. Well, I and, want and people to come in. I want people to come to this, me, uh, this me, country. I'm saying the American dream is for the world, man, that all men are created equal. And more free people, the better. Right, That's right. Now, say. here's the despicable thing, Dave. Not only are they allowing... They, yeah, okay, they're, they're letting people come in under this new sort of amnesty program, or what do they call it, the guest worker program. Well, they're not yeah, which, letting them in so much as just allowing people that, uh, you know, they're here to you know, they're stay. bringing them in under this guest worker program and they're essentially enslaving these people this right. new guest worker program is right. slavery and it's only for these Mexicans. rich corporations that could pay the government off to let certain people in or whatever or a certain number amount and they're trying to set up a whole little little scam for themselves well one thing's for sure when they do set up the police state and thank you for the call dave we appreciate it when they do set up the police state completely in america where there really are Random checkpoints and house searches for immigrants and all the different things and the you know all the different hoops they want people to jump through, then then people will not really want to come here anymore. So he's right to that extent. If they if they complete the police state, most people will say, yeah, I'll stay where I am. No reason to jump the fence on that particular country. And then the wall that they have built is only going to keep people in. Right. Exactly. No, no one was no one was trying to break into East Berlin. Speaking of the police state, New York City Wired reporting Joshua Kinberg's internet connected sidewalk printing graffiti bike got him a lot of attention ahead of the two thousand four Republican National Convention. He was boing boing slash dotted and featured on CNN and in popular science. Though he didn't know it at the time, his gadget also landed him a spot in secret files being compiled by the New York Police Department's intelligence arm against protest groups across the country. Quote, the existence of these files show that there was a premeditated desire to prevent my project and arrest me to avoid having embarrassing messages on the streets during the convention. Kinberg's invention, which, by the way, is brilliant, was a bicycle equipped with a line of spray cans pointed at the ground. They're activated by individual computer-controlled solenoids. If all had gone according to plan... Kinberg would have ridden a bicycle around the streets of New York during the Republican National Convention while users submitted messages through his 
Bikes Against Bush website. <laughs> the messages would have been relayed to his laptop through a cell phone, then sprayed on the sidewalk behind him in a dot matrix of water-soluble chalk. Wow, that is so cool. It is amazing. Very intricate, brilliant. There's actually video footage on this article you can see, and I'll post this for you at the bulletin board system later so you can actually see this thing in action. But the New York Police Department had a different idea. Though they'd never seen him actually use the bike, the police arrested Kinberg on (laughs) criminal mischief charges prior to the convention. During an interview on Broadway Avenue with MSNBC, the arrest took place on a spot where two days later, Kinberg had printed out the water-soluble message, America is a free speech zone, excuse me, two days earlier, during another interview with MSNBC. During his 24 hours in lockup, his bike was inspected and praised by bomb squad technicians, while detectives traded Polaroids of his creation and members of the Joint Terrorism Task Force question whether he knew violent protesters. The charges, of course, were later dropped on the condition that he not get arrested again for six months. It wasn't until December of that year that Kinberg learned his arrest was less spontaneous than it had appeared. He received a phone call from Gideon Oliver, an attorney enmeshed in a series of suits against the NYPD, challenging the department's mass arrests, fingerprinting policies, and detention conditions. You remember the story uh, from back then when they actually took a bunch of protesters and then locked them into this concentration camp? Well, into this fenced-in free speech area. No, no, it was a concentration concentration camp. That wasn't the free speech area. Uh, Oliver revealed that Kinberg had been one of the many targets of the NYPD's so-called RNC intelligence squad, which had been traveling around the country, the New York Police Department traveling around the country, infiltrating progressive groups and building secret files on potential rabble-rousers ahead of the convention. In late March, a New York Times reporter read portions of his file. My project was all very public, said the man, because I didn't want there to be any mystery as to what this was. The New York Police Department acted as the law enforcement arm of the Republican Party. He says that's not how the country's supposed to work. Nope. The commissioner, the chief bureaucrat, says the department didn't create dossiers on protesters, but merely issued reports on their plans. They're not dossiers, they're just reports. He also said its infiltration of the group complies with a long-standing court order that limits the surveillance of political groups. He says what we look to do is prevent the kind of vandalism and violence that had occurred in Seattle and abroad. The bike project happened to be his master's thesis project. He helped to blanket New York City streets over a four-day period with citizen messages, positioned that so when he viewed from when they were viewed from above, they would have spelled out the word vote. Despite being released 24 hours after his arrest, Kinberg's project was dead, both from fear of further arrest and because the police kept everything. Oh, bike, man. laptop, and cell phone as evidence. It was more than a year before Kinberg got back his cell phone, the chalk-based jet printer, and an Apple laptop on which he was still making monthly payments. Police say they still can't locate Kinberg's bicycle, a seven-foot-long extended bike donated by ExtraCycle. Man, this is after they dropped the charges. That's correct. A year later. They just shouldn't be able to do that. They should not be able to confiscate anything of yours without a court hearing. Kinberg uh, continued, blah, blah, blah. He wonders whether to get involved in the lawsuits against the NYPD file. He wants to see his file, or the NYPD wants to see his file, and he suspects from a close examination of his videotaped arrest that his arrest was planned by authorities eager to shut down legitimate protests. 
The files are currently under protective order, but the New York Civil Liberties Union is fighting to free many of them. He says he worries that he's now on a government list that might get him in trouble the next time he crosses the border. The government. You know, it's funny how the government can do whatever it wants. It uses uh, all the taxpayers' money to do it. Um, in this case, they can just uh, you know keep whatever evidence they want um, shut up. But we have to donate to the um, American Civil Liberties Union just to get them to do the right thing. We have to spend our money that they leave us with um, in order to get the government, who, who takes our money away at, by force, just to get what's right done. Oh, but you should, you should be feeling good because the, the police bureaucrat says that concerns over profiling were overly broad. <laughs> you shouldn't be concerned because millions were able to protest. He says the aggressive intelligence operation prevented violent anarchist protests. Quote, because of our police presence, we learned about plans to target McDonald's and Starbucks, and our increased visibility in those areas protected them. That's right. You should feel good. Because we said so. If I was a New York resident, I would be outraged right now. They are paying their police to go outside of New York and investigate other people. If the Keene police suddenly decided that they were going to go off to Florida and investigate people there because there's some candidates coming here... That's a waste of my taxpaying yeah. money. Hubris. Absolutely. Like they just have no j- jurisdiction there. We're short on time, but we've got Jody on the line in Nova Scotia. you got about 10 seconds, Jody. <laughs> hey, uh, how's it going? Um, I just wanted to say about, uh, we got like uh, cops down here that uh, dress as construction workers to uh, catch uh, people without uh, They're just slime belt, bags. So. They really are. Call us again sometime, man. Thanks. It's been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at Free Talk Live. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.